I'd like for you to take your hymn books and turn to hymn number 17. Hymn number 17. A little while ago, we were talking about uh, on Wednesday night, we were talking about singing during our devotional time and, and using that time in a very spiritual, a, a very prayerful way. Guys, the, uh, ladies, I, I'm, not, I'm not ignoring you, but this message is mainly for the men. So I'm sure that you would say amen to what the word of God has to say. And it's not just for the fathers, it's for all the men in here. Because everybody, every man makes an impact. I've already told you before, the church that I was growing up in, I can remember men in, in, in that church. And the impact, just them being there. Uh, and, and it just about brings tears to your eyes because, you know, you're so glad. They were never Pastor Rasmussen. And, and what's amazing is I hardly remember anything that Pastor Rasmussen preached. But I remember Pastor Rasmussen. And I know that there are a good number of messages that I've preached before that, you know, yeah, they can, be, they, they can be forgotten. But the word of God is what counts, and we just, by God's grace, want to be a testimony of what that word does for us. I think of Dennis Fogel. I think of Valley Hammer. That was his name that sat in the very back over here in that auditorium that was just a little bit bigger than this. But when there was a special that was sung, I can still remember his amen. I can still remember the ushers that were, that were back here, including my dad and how he worked at that and the deacons and, and people like Carl Packer, who was a, a side gunner in a B-17 and was literally shot out of the sky. His, the airplane that he was in over Europe was blown apart, but not before he was able to take his machine gun and blow that German airplane apart. But he remembered he came to in the middle of the air and his chin was hanging just by the skin and he's groping for his parachute and he finally found the cord and he pulled it and he says, you couldn't count to three before he hit the ground. And so his testimony after Pastor Rasmussen led him and his family to the Lord, his testimony he entitled, Three Seconds from Hell. And he was one of the greatest soul winners. You know, guys, listen, you might not think that you're prominent, but you are remembered by people who have come through here. You can't help it. 
They're going to remember your response. They're going to remember your attitude. They're going to remember just how much you had a passion. Remember Tim Schmidt was talking about John Dolezal that was here? John, you know, people look at him, he, he had, you know, he had his challenges. We all knew that, those of us that knew him. But Tim Schmidt reminded us, he remembered looking across to John as the Bible was preached, and there was John writing down notes and looking up whoever it was in the pulpit and then, and then writing down more and remembering what he was learning. People see that. People understand that. We need to get a vision of the importance of the faith of our fathers. We're going to be going to the book of Proverbs soon, but just just look at verse 1. Guys, I'm going to read just the the first verse, and if we could just have a, a... an, an, an attitude of prayer and desire for him. Listen, faith of our fathers. Question, was there a faith that the fathers in this land had? Something, yes. And a lot more in time past. Faith of our fathers living still? in spite of dungeon, fire, and sword. Oh, how our hearts beat high with joy whenever we hear, whenever we hear that glorious word. Faith of our fathers, holy faith. We will be true to thee, Till death. Now, that's a commitment. That is a decision that, quite honestly, not every man that has come through this auditorium has kept. And we need to stop and consider what is the importance of the faith of our fathers? What kind of difference? Has it made? You can stop and think about this. How different was it when in our government classrooms there was prayer? I still remember I was at Nevada Avenue School. I was uh, nine years old. And the decision came down. No more prayer and Bible reading in the schools. Those of you that are old enough, how many of you remember that? And I have heard from those that have studied it out, you can look back and you can see, you can pinpoint the downgrade in our nation. That was part and parcel of it. I remember the next year, 1964, there was, there was a, a, um, 
an election. And we were having what was popular during that time. We were having a, uh, a, a Sunday school promotion at our church. And the title was, We Vote Sunday School. And a young lady that whose mom, my mom, had led to Christ, Nancy Lawrence, her daughter, Virginia, was there at the school, and she was excited about wearing that button. And so she wore that button to Nevada Avenue School, 1964. And this new teacher who decided he was going to do his best to look really cool, you know, Southern California, I'm going to look like one of the beach guys, you know. He walked up to her and said, take that thing off. There's the problem. We've been taking it off ever since. Now it's come off so much at a Dodger game, they are honoring perversion. I can live without the Dodgers. I'm going to live without the Dodgers. And in fact, I found out there is one team that hasn't bowed down to the woke mob. So praise God for the Texas Rangers. The only team that hasn't bowed. I might have lost a few of you now, but you can go ahead and sit there and endure the rest. Take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to read just one verse, Proverbs chapter 4. We'll be reading a few other verses from this chapter, but we're just going to begin with this right here. Look at verse 23. Proverbs 4, 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it, are the issues of life. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Going to do four quick points this morning. Heavenly Father, again, thank you that we can call you Father. Lord, as we gather around your word, and I think especially of the men here, I'm so thankful for them. They don't know what kind of influence they are. They might think they have none, but they do. Lord, may that influence be honored. May it be lifted up. I pray in Christ's name, amen. One thing I want to mention before we get into this, uh, we've got a busy uh, July and August coming up. I'm really excited about it. We're going to be starting uh, on uh, a week from this Wednesday. Praise God, we're going to have a miracle. You'll see what I mean. But right on into July, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to our kids here going to summer camp up at uh, Wolf Mountain. We were just there this last week. Our granddaughter, London, went, had a great time. Our son and his family were there. We were just there yesterday and picked London up. She had a wonderful time. The preaching, all of it, the activity, it was, uh, it was great. I'm looking forward, like I said, to our kids going. And then the very next week, we've got Vacation Bible School coming. We'll be talking about that down the road. But anyway, 
Going to be a good time. Last week, we had Brother Bob Lane, Pastor Bob Lane, and it was, it, it was a good, it was a good time. I, 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 I loved having him here, uh, hearing the stories about when this building went up and just the vision that his dad had and such, and quite a time. But what really stuck with me, and I don't think he meant it that it would do this, it was just his opening illustration, but when he gave it, it just, Brother Mike, it nailed me. When he said that he had a son that's a runner, marathon, and the day that he was running, he and he was with the lead group, and suddenly there was this guy that appeared that looked official, acted official, and gave them the indication, go this way. And so they did. And then after a while, they realized, <laughs> we've gone the wrong way. And after they recognized what took place, they got back on the track, on the, you know, the, the race. But it was too late. And I thought, you know, Imagine this, they trained, they sacrificed, they, they, they taught themselves, they, they kept away from certain foods, they did whatever they could, they focused, they're there to win. And some guy steps out and goes, go this way. I thought... What, what an example of what happens. Guys, we know this. We know men it's happened to. There was a time they were training. They were determined. You know, go to master's men and praise God, I'm, I'm living for Jesus. Or our own two-minute warning right here. Or there's a revival time. Or just the fact that they realize, you know what? I'm going I'm to read my Bible. I'm going to study it. I'm going to do what's right. Lord, help me. Hey, guys, we ever, we ever said that? Amen? You know, I'm going to do what's right. And then somewhere along the line, Satan goes, go this way. And for whatever reason, there we are. I mean, stop and think of it this way. Here was King David. I mean, the victories that he had in the battles and God made him king. And he has gotten stronger and stronger and richer and here he is and his men are out to battle, but David tarried in Jerusalem. Whatever it was that influenced him. The influence was, stay here. And then he walked out that evening, the top of the palace, and the rest is history found in the word of God. Point is this. There is somebody out there that wants us to fail. And all God's men said, it's the truth, guys. 
There is a wicked one. I can't wait to see him cast into hell. But meanwhile, not only do we deal with him, we deal with the culture and we deal with ourselves. We deal with the Pope of self. This passage right here calls us to something that we so desperately need to answer to. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Four steps. We are told in Proverbs 14, 12, there's a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. The times can teach us that. So the first thing that we need to do is take note of the times. In the Bible, we're told, Genesis 6, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. We are sliding into that. How many of you thought we would ever see situations today where there are quote-unquote men dressing, dressing up as drag queens. By the way, somebody, answered, or somebody asked an interesting question. Why don't drag queens want to read to senior saints? Why is it always children? Oh, men, people, you know, people in general. But I'll never forget that a good friend of mine, Dwight, when their church was being attacked in downtown San Francisco, he and his wife and his two sons were down in the basement, but there was a clear glass wall, and those that were pounding outside saw who was inside, and they're pounding on the glass, and they're screaming, give us your children, we want your children, and the two boys freaked out. That'll get you upset. That'll get you mad. Take note of the times. Judges 17, in those days there, were no, there was no king in Israel, but every man did that which was right in his own eyes. That's being popularized today. You know, if you don't like a law, ignore it. Do whatever but that's being popularized. Twice, by the way, the book of Judges says that. And then the Lord tells us in Matthew 24, but as the days of Noah were, remember the word of God? So shall also also the coming of the Son of Man be. The word of God tells us Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. By the way, praise God for that. Point is this, these times come again and again and again, and they're here. Take note of the times. Why? Because that culture is going to seek to get your heart. You know it. You know it. I, um, I was getting that work done on my car. And uh, 
Good Morning America was on television. And I suddenly, after about 15 minutes, realized why I was so glad I don't watch commercial television anymore. I mean, they, are, they were glorifying so many things. It's like, you've got to be kidding me, but they're there and they're smiling. Just this last week, just in case you think that this isn't reaching into your house, just this last week, a bill, AB 957, cleared by the assembly, went through the committees, it's now headed to the full Senate, and it will be voted on by the full Senate. It's already been voted on by the assembly. AB 957, parents, if their children desire to transition because what they have been forced to hear and to respond to, if they want to transition and the parents say no, the parents lose their children. I had a pastor get a hold of me a couple of days ago. He says, you got to tell me about this. He says, I've got families in my church. They are ready to leave California right now. Now, I know maybe we're not, you know, there's, there's not some of us here that will not, you know, we won't be affected by it, but somebody's kids will. Somebody's kids will. And when you've got children going to government schools and they can be secretly taught this, because there are other things that are going on whereby the secrecy is you don't have to tell mom and dad. We're going to talk, you, you're, you know, this is what we're going to tell you, or this is what we're going to call you. You can tell us the pronouns that you want to hear. Be aware of the times. Number two, take note of the temperament. Okay, here's the times. What kind of times are we looking at? Well, in 2 Timothy 3, you know the passage. This know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. Well, what's going to happen? For men shall be, by the way, ladies are in that too. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Hey, the self-interest. How many of you love somebody I mean, just the littlest thing, you know, cutting in and out of traffic. I don't know, maybe a few of you, you drive that way anyway. But, you know, more and more, it's like that. Covetous, money-loving, loving, boasters, pretending what he doesn't, he has what he doesn't have. Proud, literally showing themselves above others. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents. That's escalating. Unthankful, unholy. In other words, irreligious. We don't want anything that's of decency when it comes to that. You know, we don't want God, period, without natural affection. In other words, we don't want that which paints out family love. The traditional family is what God created to be a foundation for government. Not anymore. Truce breakers won't keep the promises false accusers, incontinent, no self-control, fierce. It's not just people are angry. They, you know, they just don't kill, they mutilate. It's, uh, it's amazing in this. They torture. People are no longer just correcting or disagreeing with other people. They curse, they abuse, they attack. 
We're finding that. Despisers of those that are good. We are living in a day where so many people call good evil and evil good. Verse 4, traitors, heady. This is somebody who's headstrong under the influence of passion. Theirs, nobody else counts. High-minded, such a high state of pride that it's an obsession. Nobody's going to take them down. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Verse 5, having a form, an outward semblance of piety, but denying, having denied, renounced the power, which is God. And so that brings us to number three. If this is the type and the time that we live, we need to, number three, take note of the requirement. Look at, again, Proverbs 4.23. Keep. That word means guard, protect. Keep thy heart. It's not just the thing that's pumping in your chest. The word that is used for heart here is used more than 800 times in the Old Testament. More than 200 of those times. It deals with the thought life. Not merely intelligence, but also the emotions, the things that motivate us and move us that makes us. That's what the Bible calls the heart. In fact, it is so important that we must keep it with all diligence. How many of you locked the door to your house when you came over here this morning? Anybody here you left their keys in the car? I remember uh, I was in a friend's wedding in Iowa. Now, this farm country, and we're ba- you know, out there in the fields and everything. And they drove, the, the parents drove two, they were older, but they were two Mercedes. They pulled up, they got out, left the keys in. I'm from L.A. I freaked out. You've got to be kidding me. Don't, what are you, what are you somebody's going to come up. No, no, it's no problem. Chuck Cofty, who used to come here and preach, loved him, from North Carolina. Couldn't believe what he would do. He'd get out of his truck, take his keys, open up the place, you know, where the the filler is for the tank, throw his keys in that and close it. And we walked into the gun store. And I thought, are you nuts? Oh, nobody will bother him. Who's going to look there? I mean, when it comes to thinking about security, we think about security. Hey, how many of you are glad that your bank or your, you know, your credit union has some good safety when it comes to your account? You don't want to get a thing like there are some that have gotten where you wind up finding out that your bank account just got drained. You don't want that. In other words, we want security here. Question. What about our hearts? Well, really, preacher, is that all that important? According to the word of God, it is. 
The Lord is saying through Solomon, listen, keep guard, surround it. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. Your attitudes are born of what you have put in your heart. Your attitudes lead to actions. Your attitudes will be the the, 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 the springboard of the actions that lead to whatever it is that you achieve in life. Question, what do you want to be remembered for? Now, you got to admit, guys, that's a good question. That's a good question. We learn in Jeremiah 17, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked to the point of who can know it. But then Jeremiah tells us, the Lord tells us through Jeremiah, I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. And that comes from what we allow in the heart. Out of it are the issues of life. Bottom line, if the heart is pure, the life will be pure. If the heart is corrupt, the life will be corrupt. You keep it, guard it, praise God. You don't, by their fruit, the Bible says, you shall know them, and it's going to bring forth fruit. The issues of life, the things that we live out, that the culture or our Christ has been allowed to put there in the heart. We're also told this. Whatever it is that we have allowed in the heart, the issues that come out will fall into some of these categories. Look at verse 25. Excuse me, verse 24. It will affect our speech. Put away from thee a froward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. It will control our eyes. Verse 25. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Guys, you know what I'm talking about. And by the way, ladies, don't give a guy a reason for having to keep his eyes straight by the way you dress. It will guide our steps. Look at verse 26. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. In other words, you'll be doing the will of God. If you do this, if you keep your heart with all diligence, that heart is going to dictate to you that we do what's right. We follow our God. We do it with all diligence. Romans 8, 27. And he that searcheth the hearts 
knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So this is what we pray. Psalm 139, Lord, search me, O God. Know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me, Lord. Lead me in the way everlasting. You know, the, the, the problem of our land, you, you, can, you can look at government, you can look at families, you can look at the church, you can look at so many places. As somebody has so aptly put it, the heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Every man doing that which is right in his own eyes. We don't do it. Instead, we guard, we keep it. The thought life doesn't go that direction or we're here. It goes straight. It's right at the Lord. Proverbs 12. This is where we're headed to, is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Lord, lead me in the way everlasting. Solomon was told by David in 1 Chronicles 28, And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. In other words, the heart is not divided it's this is what I'm going to do. This is my singular desire. For the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts. I, I had a great time in just thinking along this line. There are so many people today, and again, because this is what the culture teaches. There's so many, they don't live from character that is born of truth. They live of whatever feels good. And this is what we hear in advertising and all of that. I'll, I'll never forget. Remember Sharon, Mr. Brock, Walt Brock? He was teaching my economics class. I forget what, I, I think I was in 10th grade. And he brought out this illustration. And I thought, man, this, this says a lot. And I believe it's the same thing today. Now, you know, nowadays when there's advertising, so often advertising just, you know, it goes coast to coast, you know, when, when there comes to one product. But in this situation, they had regions that they tried this on. And it was all about a, a candy bar. How many of you like candy bars? There's one person. Roger, raise your hand. I, I mean, come on. I, I see your hand and when it comes No. So they, they thought they're, they're gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna try this. Over here in this area. The, the advertising for the candy bar in this particular part of the country is going to be, wow, this candy bar is so good. 
It's delicious. It's wonderful. And then in this other area, the advertising was this. You deserve this candy bar. I mean, you've earned it. Guess where the candy bar sold better? You earned it. That tells you something. Guys, we need to keep our hearts. Just three quick points, and I'm done. When we see the world, when we see the families and we see the church, let's remember, because we each have one, the heart of our problems is from the problems of our hearts. So keep our keep thy heart with all diligence. Number two, men, quit pretending it's everybody else's problem. Quit pretending it's everybody else's problem. How many of you don't have a problem with pride? Now, I know, you know, somebody goes, oh, yeah, that's me. I see those hands up there. I'm just kidding. It's not everybody else's problem. Number three, every man has the battle. Every man has the battle. The question is, how many will take seriously the guarding of their heart? Guys, that is the best present we can give ourselves, our God, our families, and our church. Keep thy heart with all diligence. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. It shows. It shows. Let's pray.